Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to another episode of A Sound Heart. This evening's message is taken from excuse me, Revelation chapter 2. And I'm going to be discussing the church at Ephesus. Before that, uh, let us have a word of prayer and give thanks to God for this opportunity. We do give you thanks, Heavenly Father, for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who died for our sins on Calvary, who was buried and rose again the third day according to the scripture. Thank you, Father, for the so great salvation we have in Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. So I have entitled this message, uh, Don't Walk Away From or Neglect Your First Love. Don't Walk Away From or Neglect Your First Love. So... Uh, the Apostle John is the author of the last book of the New Testament, that is the Revelation, uh, and which literally means uh, the unveiling or to unveil. And so uh, this document was written to the people of God by uh the elderly apostle, while he was in exile for his faith. In Revelation chapter 1, he tells you why he was exiled. And so uh, in Revelation 1-9, John wrote, quote, I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation, and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ was in the isle that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ, unquote. Now, one would think that uh, that is absurd that uh, John was exiled because of his faith. But you have to understand that at this particular time in Rome, uh, the Romans believed that their their emperors uh, were were gods, and so you would find in Rome at this time the cult of emperor worship, the cult of emperor, and so uh, the followers of Christ were seen as atheists, because they would not bow down to nor follow the cult of the Caesars. We go back and read uh, some early first first century uh, history, and you will see this. And the penalties were quite severe. 
Uh, and so the believers had to face this. Uh, Jesus uh, was not a competing deity because he is Lord of Lords, Lords and King of Kings. But this is the way uh, the Romans viewed them. And so the, the believing uh, Christianoi uh, were seen uh, as, as dangerous because it was, it was believed that through their influence, uh, other citizens would be led away uh, from the cult of the Caesars or emperor worship. So uh, John was exiled be, uh, because of his leadership, his tenacity of faith, his, uh, his willingness uh, to suffer on behalf of Christ. And he did. And so uh, Jesus, uh, the, the Holy Spirit has told the church through uh, many tribulations, Paul wrote, through many tribulations must we enter the kingdom of God. Uh, Paul knew this. Paul experienced this. This is the seminal message of the New Testament. Suffering with Christ. Suffering on behalf of or for Christ. So Paul talked about filling up of that which was left behind of the sufferings of Christ. Paul wrote that I may know him. Uh, and the power of his resurrection. And the only reason that Paul could make such a bold statement was because we read in Galatians 2.20 that Paul had crucified the flesh with its affections and lust. One does not crucify the flesh, and one cannot have this relationship that we read about that, that John had with Jesus in Revelation or what Paul had with Jesus, or what Stephen had with, uh, with Jesus, and the believers uh, whose names we do not know presently, but one day we will know the things that they suffer on behalf of their faith. And notice how faith is organically tied to suffering. And it is suffering not merely to suffer, but it is suffering with a purpose. The suffering that uh, believers undergo is to galvanize their faith, to build them up so that they will be rooted and grounded in the faith, so that they will grow up into Christ, grow up into him in all things. So the suffering has a, a purpose. Now, I'm talking about uh, believers uh, who are growing in the faith, believers uh, who, are, who are strong and getting strong in the faith. I'm not talking about carnal believers. Carnal believers have, do not uh, understand this type of doctrine. This is meat. This is strong doctrine. Uh, and so we read about such believers in the book of Hebrews. Uh, and they they had returned, they had become babes because they had stopped growing in the faith. And with that, when one stops growing, there is that regression. Uh, regression. Um, so uh, there's a great book 
uh, by Lewis, by C.S. Lewis called uh, Christian uh, Regress. And uh, so believers can regress. And we read about this also in Paul's letter to the church of Galatia or to the Galatians. Uh, so this is a very, very powerful message that John has for uh, the church at Ephesus. Now, this church was located near the sea on the river Kester, and it was the foremost city of Asia Minor. And so the temple keeper, keeper of Artemis uh, uh, and her temple, you read about this in Acts 19.35, the home of magic or magic magical arts, Acts 19:19, and of the Greek mystery cult. And Paul uh, spent three years in Ephesus, uh, preaching the and teaching the word. And uh, the apostle John preached uh, also there in his old age. So Ephesians is a clinical letter and it addresses a real spiritual condition and its solution. The the letter seven letters to the churches of Asia Minor uh have a have a five parts to the outline. There is address, commendation, condemnation, counsel or warning, and then promise. And so if you know carefully, each letter makes some reference to the vision of, of the glorified Christ as, high, as our high priest in Revelation chapter 1. So he is always the, the focus. Christ is always the focus of the word of God. It is never on a man or a great teacher. It is always, the focus is always Christ. You take your eyes off Christ, then your vision, your spiritual vision will become blurred. And uh, you, will, you will not grow and you'll find yourself uh, caught uh, within the, uh, the tentacles of the cosmic system that does not easily release one. Uh, because believers, or what the world would call believers, uh, are prizes. Uh, when they, when a person says he or she is a believer and then goes back into the uh, into the cosmic system, uh, you are a prize. And if you're religious, uh, you're even a greater prize. And I want to show you this in a moment. In this, uh, in this particular letter. So Revelation chapter 2, verse 1, quote, Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things, saith he, that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. So Jesus has power over the churches as he moves among them. He moves among the churches. He is the Lord of all. Verse 2. I know thy work and thy labor 
and thy patience or endurance, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil, and thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars. Now, this is an interesting term in the Greek. Uh, this word liars means uh, a perjurer or persons given to perjury. Now, this word perjury is important here because perjury means to knowingly utter a falsehood under an oath. The oath is given by the individual to say or to to, uh, to say he or she will speak or, or he will speak the truth. So that's the nature of an oath. But then uh, this individual willfully utters a falsehood. Uh, and so this is perjury. So this is this is must be kept in mind before we go on. So and thou hast tried them or tested them which say which say they are apostles and are not and has found them perjurers. Now there's so the the, the letters uh, to the seven churches in Asia Minor Minor begin with a very serious uh, message and has borne and has patience and for my name's sake has labored and has not fainted and so the word labored here the verb here uh, in the perfect indicative it means to feel fatigue to feel fatigue but has and, and has not fainted so, and here, faint it means to be weary from constant work, to be weary from constant work. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first work. Or else I will come unto thee quickly and will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. So, uh, verse 6. But this thou hast, that thou hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh, I will give to eat of the tree of life. A reference again to Genesis what to Genesis chapter uh, chapter three, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. So you see the, uh, the connection, all is drawn together. I will give to eat and remember uh, the the verbs took and eat, and how they were used in Genesis chapter three. Here, they, they, they're used in the negative. Here, they're used in the positive, which is in the midst, the middle of the paradise of God. So, um, what happened uh, to this church? What happened to these believers? Uh, notice that uh, Jesus says in verse 2, I have absolute care 
uh, clarity about your condition. Uh, I know thy works. That is, I know thy whole life and conduct, as in John 6.29. So thy works, verse, uh, verse 2, I know thy works, thy labor, thy patience or endurance. Uh, notice the, these words and, and how very important they are. So what is, is being revealed here is an attitude, an attitude. So what is an attitude? An attitude is a subtle way of thinking, a settled way of thinking or feeling about something or someone. And it is typically a one, uh, one that is reflected in a person's behavior and attitude. So um, what we have in, in Ephesus is a very negative attitude and, and, and incredible spiritual injury. And so this is why I said earlier that if, uh, the letter to the church at Ephesus is a clinical letter because it addresses a real spiritual condition and its solution. So uh, they uh, in verse has borne and has borne and have and have patience and for my name's sake has labored and has not fainted. Verse four. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. Now, in the Greek, uh, we have Allah, then we have the word echo, which means, which in Greek is I have. Uh, we have the word kata, which means down. Okay, down. Uh, against you, that the love of you, the first left or forsaken. The love. And so you have this picture uh, of really what Jesus was saying. In the English we have, because thou hast left thy first love. Jesus says literally, and here's a, uh, uh, the love, the first. It may, here it means to send away, to dismiss, or to throw away. So uh, this is this is rather frightening. And so uh, one commentator wrote that Jesus said that their love had grown cold. Now what does that mean? Love had grown cold. And you know, it is an interesting interpretation, but it is not supported by the text. Okay, and so verse 5 reads, Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen. And here uh, it is in the present. Uh, here's in the uh, present indicative. And the word fallen here means to be driven out of one's course. To be driven out of one's course. And so to say that one's love has grown cold is not supported by the text. But fallen means to be driven out of one's course, and it also means to become 
inefficient, to become inefficient. I want believers to understand that uh, we have a, a, a telos in Christ. We have a purpose uh, that was planned before God found the universe into nothingness. It is this telos that we have in Christ. And we are, we, are, we are perfect in him at this time. And if you would read Romans 8, uh, Paul wrote there that, uh, that we are already glorified. We are glorified in Christ. Paul spoke a lot and wrote a lot about positional truth. <clears throat> in practice, now we are being... Uh, uh, grown up into him in all things. We are growing up in Christ. To be finally realized when he comes for us and we're then when we stand before him, we shall be made complete. And we will have our resurrection body. We will have our mind full and complete. Paul wrote in his letter to the Ephesians that we have been given new young mind, new young mind. And so there is no element of time into what we will be and who we are now in Christ because we are already, uh, we, are, we already have perfection positionally but not in practice. So notice what uh, has happened to this community. Now, their doctrine, they believe, is sound. Their doctrine is sound. But they had left their first love. That is, they had sent off and, uh, and away their first love. Who is their first love? Their first love is Jesus. Their first love is Jesus. Verse 5, remember therefore from which thou art fallen, and again, this word means to be driven out of one's course, to be, and it also means to become inefficient. We, we do more. We have more. We become more as we conform to the image of Christ. You, we do not have peace in the cosmic system. The world will not give you peace. Jesus, Jesus says to us, my peace I give unto you, my peace, my own peace. Not as the world giveth, giveth I unto you, unto you. Very powerful reality for believers to hold on to while we are in the devil's system. So, they seem doctrinally sound in their own thinking. So, they have the form of show. There is a form of self-deception going on. They did not understand that what? that they 
had been driven out of their course. They did not have the spiritual perception to discern that they had become inefficient in their faith. It wasn't there anymore. The discernment was lacking. So we're to love the Lord our God first and foremost. Deuteronomy 6.4. And you know, Jesus says, do you love me? Then you will be my disciples. If you love me, you will be my disciples. If you love me. So remember, therefore, from which thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first work, or else I will come unto thee quickly and will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. So he says it. He says, repent and repent. Uh, and so what do we call these, these people? Are, are we, do we call them nominal believers or nominal followers of Christ? I, I really don't like to use that term. Are they in the flesh? But note what the scripture teaches. Know carefully what is going on here. What does Jesus say? Remember, therefore, for which thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else, or else. I will come unto thee quickly, and will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. Thou hast that thou hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He that hath an ear. And so here we have the action uh, is accomplished by the subject of the verb. He that hath an ear, let him hear with what? You hear uh, with the understanding that you're going you're to perform what is heard. You're going to do or you're going to be, perform the action of the verb. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches, to him that overcometh, I will give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Don't be fooled by formal doctrinal statements or by formal catechisms. Don't be fooled by empty, bloodless, cold, uh, doctrinal teachings. Read the book of Isaiah and what God says about, about, about worship that is empty and formal. God does not, it, it is an affront to God because God, God knows, he says, these people worship me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. God cannot be fooled. But these individuals are called of Jesus because you can have doctrinal formality and you can be fooled into believing that if you follow this doctrinal formula that you are good with God. And the Bible does not teach that. 
The Bible does not teach that because Jesus says in verse 5, remember, therefore, for which thou art fallen, that is, to be driven out of one's course, to become inefficient. Don't want to be driven out of your course. Don't want to become inefficient because Jesus is coming for us. And he, when we see him and he sees us, he will know the degree to which we have walked with him and desired to do the will of God from the heart. While we have space to repent, let us get right with God and let our, let our lights be shining because this world needs the witness of real believers. And it is my prayer that you will get on fire for the Lord, that you will get real with him and stop playing with the devil's world because you see the devil is crashing this world. The world, this world is falling apart. The kingdom of God remains. Good evening. My name is Dr. Josiah Rich, and God bless you.